Well, it's a stunning day here at, at Muriwai Beach. And, gosh, it's quite an interesting scene here today, isn't it? There's someone right there, are two people with their horses riding up and down the beach. There's a man running with his dog. And a four-wheel drive has just headed down onto the hard sand and, and driven further north along the beach. But is there anything wrong with this scene, Carl? Yeah, I guess at the moment you can see there is a four-wheel drive parked up on the dunes in the yeah. distance. And what's wrong with that? Uh, well, straight away allowed. on their permit it says clearly that you must avoid the dune area. There's also several signs um, as we come down to this access way. So, yeah, it's, it's quite clearly communicated. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly, and just as I'm talking to Forest and Birds' Carl Morgan, right at the entrance to the beach for four-wheel drives, we spot a tiny bird camouflaged in the sand. Yeah, there we go, we can see a little bottle down there. Oh, and here come some guys in a big uh, four-wheel drive with a motorbike on the back, and they're heading straight down to the hard sand... You know, this is a classic example. They're doing everything right. Yeah, it and looks then, like they're going the right speed as well, you know, they're taking it pretty easy. Yeah. Um, it doesn't eliminate the risk, you know. And even if you don't directly strike a bird or strike a nest, the noise and vibrations that these vehicles cause can actually be enough to scare birds out of their nests. Um, for, for penguins, for example, the yellow penguin, it'll come into shore with food, and if a bunch of vehicles are driving, you know, backwards and forwards, It'll start digesting the food that's actually meant to be saving for its young and feeding back at the nest, which can cause, you know, obviously huge problems, starvation of the chicks. So what chance does this little dotterel have on this beach where on weekends hundreds of four-wheel drives hit the sand? On the detail today, the thrills and the dangers of beach driving, the damage it does and why it's so difficult to control. I'm off to meet some drivers. So um, you're about to head down to the beach here at, at Muriwai. Why do you do it? Well, I quite enjoy it because it's a you know a nice scenery when you're driving along. There's a if you drive up along there's forward drive tracks. Is um, yeah, it's a good place to go and you do a bit of fishing out there. Yep. You know we've got signs right here in front of us about where where you can drive and the beach access, and actually it's one, two, three, four, five signs there talking about, you know, beware and where you need to drive. Are you pretty good about following the rules on, on driving on the beach? Yeah, I never go into the dunes. I always stick to the beach. Why don't you drive on the dunes? What's the reason for that? I don't want, I don't want it to be a bad example for everyone and they end up banning the beach. I want to come, be able to come and enjoy it, you know. Do you worry about what you might be doing to the wildlife when you're driving on the beach? Well, I, don't, I think driving on the hard sand, you don't really do much damage to it, to be honest. Um, I'll get a bit of wildlife, you get seals and whatnot, but if you slow down and go around them, I don't think it's a problem, no. Do you worry about safety or do you see other drivers doing stuff that's mm, maybe a bit dodgy? Oh, you see some people doing skids and whatnot, and I don't, yeah, I don't really think that's very uh, good behaviour. I, um, I try not to do that, I don't do it at all really. But um, yeah, no, I just, I think pe- people are pretty safe around the uh, entrance, but the further you go up, you get a bit more of that. But you still think it's okay to drive on the beach? Yeah, I don't see a problem with it, as long as we're all safe. Yeah, all right. Hey, thank you. Thank you for talking to me. It's all good. Hi, I'm Sharon. So I'm doing a story about driving on the beach. Are you going fishing? Yeah. Are you local? Yeah. Drive. I mean, it's pretty Ah. rough today. Is it any good for fishing? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Right, you got your family in the car? Because I know it's it's quite a contentious issue here in Muriwai, isn't it? 
What do you think of the argument? I'm trying to get a feel for, you know, the different sides of the story. About? Safety, you know, the oh, environmental it's aspect. It's a big issue. It concerns me. In what that, way? Oh, my children have nearly been run over. Have they? Oh, just about. Someone doing 80, 100k. And wow. um, missed my daughter by about two metres. Yeah. When what just, did you do about it? Oh, nothing you can do that long gone. Well, it's, yeah, just young hooligans. Yeah. Come down here on a busy day, there'll be families and that lined up here. Join them, you get people doing donuts and shit right here. It's, it's ridiculous. But, yeah. What Do you know what the rules are? Well, it's road rules. Yeah. yeah road rules apply. Yeah. Do you ever drive on the dunes? Nah, no, it's a waste of diesel. <laughs> yeah. But apart from that, because it's, yeah. it's not good for the wildlife, yeah. do you have give any thought to...? Oh, I'm sort of aware, like we get up the top where all the birds nest on and we stay away from it. It's all soft sand anyway and it's hard to drive through. You stick to the low tide mark where the sand's hard. I just go from A to B pretty much. It's like anything goes, isn't it? Oh, at times, yeah. I mean, have you ever seen anybody try to police it? The council? Yeah, the I've police? seen the police try. <laughs> I think last time we come up here, there was a cop trying to catch a quad, but he didn't stand a chance. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I've seen the cop come back about 20 minutes later. No joy. Some groups want it banned altogether. Yeah, don't like that idea. And what do you think most people in Muriwai would think, or is it pretty split? Tough subject, I think. Hey, thank you. We'll yeah, have a nice right. day. Too. See you later. Right, so I've walked about a kilometre down the beach to a spot where a car is actually parked up on the dunes. There's a big um, camper van driving my way along the hard sand, which is obviously allowed. Um, I'm just going to go up to this person in this car and ask them what they think about driving on beaches. Hello? Is anybody there? No, nobody there. But there's a mattress in the back. Oh, hi. Hi, I'm Sharon Brett Kelly. I'm from The Detail Podcast. I'm making a story about driving on the beach. Can I talk to you? Can I just ask you why you are parked on the dunes? Because it's actually, you're not supposed to. You know, there's signs down there that says that you're not allowed to. Yeah, I don't want to talk to you right now, sorry. That doesn't worry you, that it's against the rules? We're not on the vegetation. No, but it's the dunes. It's the dunes that you're not supposed to be parking or driving on. Do you have a... You don't have a problem? Okay, they don't want to talk to me. Two people with horses here, I'm going to ask them what they think about beach driving. I'm Sharon, I'm making a podcast about driving on the beaches. Well, that's obvious, we don't like uh, the cars competing with us, you know. Most people are courteous, you know, slow down and go around, but some will just go past you, you know. And if the horse, it's not that the horse is separate of the cars, but it's so sudden, you know. And uh, when it's sudden, it will surprise them. They can shy, you know. We've, we've had instances of riders falling off. And, and what happens when you go and talk to the drivers? And... Oh, we haven't got time to talk to them. <laughs> we just said a couple of nice words. But... <laughs> uh, have you tried to do any more than that, like get it better policed? Because uh, it's no, legal down no, that way. No, no. But... Uh, 
But the worst part of it, you know, they're the drivers, some of them are their own enemies. You know, you see they're, they're uh, sort of spinning around and whatever, and there's a fine margin over here, it's quite greasy. You know, they will spin all us in so many, you know, so many, even bikes. Because I've been coming here for 40 years, we live right. up here. Oh, <laughs> the horse was trying to eat my bag. Uh, yeah, we well, must have something tasty in it. I don't know what it is. Uh, oh, there's an apple in there. <laughs> I don't know if it would want that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, okay, so you've been living here for 40 years, and what, been riding your horses on yeah, beaches yeah, for 40 yeah, years? Yeah. Is it getting worse? Is it getting better? Are drivers well, more? Well, we co- sort of uh, now. Uh, being a bit careful, don't come every day, you know, because uh, like Saturday and Sunday, you wouldn't want to be here. How many cars would there be on the beach on, a, on the weekend? Oh, hundreds, virtually. Hundreds at the weekend? Yeah, well, sort of come and go, you know. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the biggest problem for you? Is it speed? The biggest problem is that uh, some people, they're just uh, not respecting the horse riders and the horse, you know. It's the same with the dogs. You know, some people are marvelous. They look, you know, grab the horse, put it on the leash, and so on. Some, some even if you if you chase their dog away, they, they will come to you and tell you off. How can you uh, how can you chase my little darling away? <laughs> and you can't can't blame them. You know, young people. I mean, they they don't realize they realize there's no obstacles. You know, uh, so it's post probably more dangerous than the road for them. You know. Yeah. I'll let you go, I know you're yeah, busy yeah. And, and the yeah, horses are desperate to keep Another going Thank you So not only is it wildlife versus big wheels it's the beach drivers versus other beach users and rule abiders versus rule breakers Some want vehicles banned some want tougher regulations and others just want a free for all I'm sitting in the dunes with Forest and Birds' Carl Morgan so you have to have a permit now to go to drive on Muriwai Beach? Yes, so there's two beaches uh, in Auckland that you can drive on, Muriwai being one where we are today, and the other one being down south, um, Karitahi. They both require the, the permits to to access them. You and what do does that take? Yeah, so yesterday I went online, um, just being a bit cheeky to see how easy it was, and I timed myself as well. Um, took me 56 seconds from opening the webpage to having a printable permit uh, via an online link. And Does it cost anything? No, so it's free. Um, and, yeah, it's a 12-month pass, so I'm, I'm free to bring my vehicle down here for the next 12 months as long as I abide by the rules which are stated on the back of my permit. And what kind of rules? So you're not allowed to drive on the on the dune? Yeah, um, there's just the basic things like, you know, take your safety equipment, drive with your headlights on, those road safety sort of messages. Uh, and then... As well as that, you are supposed to drive below the mean high water tide mark um, and avoid the dune areas. Uh, there's also a note to be aware of New Zealand sh- shorebirds and the nesting at high tide. I'm not sure how you teach people to be aware of that because the nests that can be found along these coastlines are insanely camouflaged. Um, you know, they could look like a little bit of grass or a little bit of seaweed washed up. So, and and yeah. they are what, right down to the water's edge? Yes, they will be. Anywhere between here and the high tide mark, typically. What kind of birds are we talking about? Um, Yeah, so you've got birds such as the white-fronted tern, the banded dotterels, uh, variable oyster catchers, and then we have our many penguin species throughout New Zealand, um, such as the nationally endangered yellow-eyed penguin. 
So yeah, they all use this space and all it takes is a single tire mark or tire tread over their, over their nest for it to be completely destroyed. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's devastating to these birds. They're already under a lot of pressure from human activities. Um, you see around the coast, you know, we we develop and we farm right up to our coastlines, which can lead to you know, sedimentation and pollution to our environment. Um, and I guess for a bit of context, we we currently have 90% of our seabirds and 82% of our shorebirds uh, at risk of of extinction or at risk of becoming threatened. We're, we're sitting here, it's kind of in the dunes, aren't we? And uh, as you said, further down the beach, there is a big four-wheel drive parked up on the dunes. So they're breaking the rules. Yes, they are. I mean, is it more, even more uh, dangerous for the wildlife to be on these dunes? Is there a lot more going on in terms of wildlife and uh, flora and fauna? Yeah, so I guess in terms of bird life, um, obviously they'll forage you know, throughout this whole environment. Um, some of them out to sea even and it's just the nesting that's really in this dune area that we need to worry about um, so they'll retreat to these areas to, to sleep to lay the eggs um, and you know they'll breed up here as well so they really need a, a no disturbance sort of sort of environment um, yeah and then there's also obviously the flora that's at risk such as the pingao which is our uh, endemic species here that you know they're critically important to hold in all the dunes together um, with are these these rise. grasses here? No, so these us. ones are actually introduced ones um, oh, behind okay. us. Yeah, the, the pingals are a nice golden colour. Um, they're really important to stabilising the dunes, providing these habitats for the for the bird life um, and other fauna in the area. You know, we've got a Murawai gecko out here as well. Very, very rare. Little mm. known about them. So, what does Forest and Bird want? Do you want a ban of all beach driving? Yes. So, Forest and Bird um, across the country, our many volunteer branches have been campaigning for complete bans uh, as well as uh, including themselves in council submissions uh, as the bylaws is sort of what you know controls who can access what beach and what activities they can do on the beach. On top of that, we are hopefully calling for the government to change the Land Transport Act to prohibit vehicles on beaches, uh, obviously unless for emergency services, surf life saving, um, and you know, conservation mahi, obviously these things need certain amounts of access to be successful. And then there's also scope in the, the RMA replacements that are upcoming, the National Built Environment Act, as well as the National Planning Framework for the, for the government to actually include these sort of restrictions through, through those processes. Is it true that all beaches are roads? Yeah, so in New Zealand, um, all beaches are technically roads, and that's where the enforcement comes in by police. They can enforce... Uh, you know, behaviour as we'd expect them to on the road. If you speed, if you drive unsafely, seatbelts, all that sort of thing. Then how you use the beach, as in where you can go on it and what vehicles you can take on it, that is all down to the local authorities, so the local councils. Part of the problem to me, Carl, you know, when I was looking around thinking, who, who can I talk to? Who has an overview? Who can explain to me who's in charge? Well, that that's a problem because, as you say, every council has its own bylaws. They decide each council decides which which beach they're gonna allow beach driving on, what kind of rules they're gonna enforce. But as you say, you're appealing to then to the government to change the laws about it. And then I'm told in some cases that the Department of Conservation is involved and also the police. If there's an incident, an accident a crime, the police get involved, but they're way too busy dealing with other things. 
Yeah, so the, the police look after the, um, I guess, the general road safety side of things. You know, if you're driving unsafely, if you're doing donuts or skids on the beach, you know, when there's people around, that's obviously unsafe behaviour. If you're speeding, I see here the limit's 30 k's an hour. If you're going over that, that's the sort of stuff the police will tackle. Um, How do you terms, do that, though? Let's oh, be honest, yeah, you I know. know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, drawing back to Karetahi, the other, other beach that has driving permits, um, I've worked there for many summers, and the amount of people... You know, unsafely driving around there and speeding up and down, racing each other—it's it's insane. And uh, as lifeguards, you know, we're obliged to call the police to to encourage the public safety. And yeah, their response times are often quite slow, and that is, you know, quite simply because they're dealing with other things. And on top of that, all these coastal communities are very isolated, um, so it takes quite a while for the police to get out here. So, what, and, and would you, in any in any case, um, approach those drivers yourself? Uh, typically, if they are behaving like that, they, you know, they're not going to listen to someone politely asking them to respect the wildlife and respect to other beachgoers. I've got another agenda. And it is a very touchy topic for small communities, not just here at Muruwai, but all over the country. Places like the Upukeroda River mouth at Tiano, where rare and endangered birds are in a battle against just about everything else. Newsroom's Vanessa Bellu lives there. Yeah, it's, it's a really high-use recreational river. It's very open. So to one side, you've got the Murchison Mountains to your left, and then you look straight up to Lake Tiana because the river flows into that, flows into that, and you have this most amazing vista of the snow-capped mountains. And then to your east, you've kind of got the road to Milford Sound. But it's a very open, pebbly, rocky beach. And you say it's it's a popular recreation area, well, it's one place that you can fish all year round. My father's actually a really keen fly fisherman, so he's when he can't fish in, say, the Waiau, that's where they go fly fishing. It's a really safe place to fish, so a lot of parents take their children there. A lot of people like kayaking there. A lot of people like walking their dogs. And there's a, we've got a trails trust, and they've built, so the cycle tracks goes to the Upakarua, and it goes around behind it. Because you've got to understand, in Tiana, we're surrounded by National Park. You can't, you know, obviously walk your dog in National Park. You can't ride your motorbike. You can't drive a car, obviously, and you wouldn't want to. So it's one place you can go and do those things. Can you describe what the wildlife is like there? Because there's a lot of rare birds that nest around there. Yeah, there is. Um, There's actually quite a rare bird that nests there, um, the black-fronted tern. And it, it arrived yesterday again, and it's quite unusual for the black fronted tern to nest in the same place. And this will be the third year in a row, uh, and they're quite rare. So they, the black fronted tern are nationally endangered, and their numbers are between five and 10,000. And then we have the black-billed gulls that hang out there. And the banded dotrels, they've got higher numbers, but they live there as well. That You wrote a story about the dotterel, which are carefully looked after by a group of volunteers. Three of their nests failed last season because they were crushed by vehicles or wiped out by storms. The bandle doctors, they have quite a tricky lifestyle because they like to conceal their brown spotted eggs in the kind of shingle or stones or sand. So they're really hard to see. And so they can easily be trodden on um, by pets, by dogs or people, or I guess if someone's riding their motorbike or driving a car, they can easily be crushed. 
And they do that. They conceal their eggs from aerial birds, you know, from their predators. And they're also easy prey for your stoats and your rats and your feral cats as well. They're really protective and really good parents. So if someone gets too close to their little chicks or fledglings, they do this broken wing dance. So they pretend their wing's broken to kind of lure the people away. <laughs> do they? So if you ever, so if you, yeah, they're really clever. And so if you ever... I guess, are working, walking on a braided river or beach and see a bird doing this, then just stop, think about it, and turn back to the way you came and maybe look at, for a different path um, into the, um, to the, I guess, to the water. But, yeah, I mean, the fishermen, I have to say, I got a bit of criticism for my story, and it was definitely was not um, a jab at fishermen because they are really good down there. They understand. I mean, the volunteers talk to them a lot and they seem to be doing a really good job of not driving on the beach. And yeah, it tends to be more your ad hoc users. So what is being done right now to protect those dotterels? What sort of efforts? Because, you know, on some beaches, it, the area is roped off and there's signage and, you know, it's made clear that you just don't go there. But what, what is it like there? Well, the volunteers have put some rocks up. So it, they've kind of fenced off in a way with these natural rocks, the car park. So you kind of have a defined place where you can park your car. They put up signs and the monitoring teams, they're down there most days during the breeding season and roosting season, talking to people and educating people. Uh, there's a Facebook group. And I talked to the team leader or coordinator, George Lidgard. And he said in the future that we're probably going to have to kind of put more of a natural barrier to deter um, off-roaders by, I guess, doing more Indigenous planting. And they've done this in Christchurch, actually, and it's worked really effectively. You know, they could go in and they could, I guess, ban people from using the area or try to. But it's more about education. And, and people in Tiano are really environmentally conscious. So it's probably not the locals, and they're probably going to police it themselves. But it's more... It's a popular holiday spot. And when the tourists come back, which is the sun to come back, uh, yeah, it's more problematic for this community group. You know, you're never going to be, there's going to be that 1% of idiots that aren't going to read the signs and care and are going to drive on the beach. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is public interest journalism funded through NZ On Air and produced by Newsroom for RNZ. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Bonnie Harrison and Sarah Robson. Thanks to Carl Morgan and Vanessa Bellu. Matewa.